All Catholics would like to know that their deceased loved ones actually made it to heaven, but would you be willing to have them appear to you? To have their soul return to tell you whether they're in heaven or hell? I would have said yes before I heard this hair-raising story. You're watching The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco. The story we're about to explore is taken from the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco and begins with the saintly death of his closest friend and fellow seminarian, Luigi Camollo. After suffering illness for a period of time, Luigi Camollo intoned the Ave Maria Stella at midnight in a very robust voice and sang it to the last verse, even though his friends begged him not to tire himself out. He was very absorbed in this angelic medieval Marian hymn, and his face displayed such a heavenly glow that he looked like an angel. A friend asked him, what's consoling you most at this time? He answered, having done something for the love of Mary and having frequented Holy Communion. He listened to everything being said to him, smiling attentively with unalterable tranquility. His eyes fixed on the crucifix, which he held tightly in his hands, clasped before his chest. He strove to repeat every ejaculation they suggested. About ten minutes before dying, he said to those in the room, Goodbye, I'm on my way. Jesus and Mary, I place my soul in your hands. These were his last words. Then, as his lips hardened and his tongue thickened, he could no longer pronounce the suggested ejaculations and articulated them with his lips. Two other deacons, Sassi and Florito, read to him the Proficiere, Go Forth, Christian Soul. When they pronounced the holy names of Jesus and Mary, he smiled sweetly and always serenely, as if surprised at the sight of a marvelous and joyful object. Without any movement, his beautiful soul separated from his body, flying to rest in the Lord's peace. His happy transit occurred at two o'clock in the morning before the dawn of April 2nd, 1839, at the age of 22 years minus five days. On that night, Father Virchilino from Bolgado, who was sleeping in a different dormitory from that of Don Bosco, awakened all of a sudden and began shouting, Camolo has died! Everyone arose and turned to ask him questions. The vice prefect urged him to be quiet, but Virchilino kept repeating, Camolo is dead. His colleagues said it was impossible because Camolo seemed much improved that particular evening. But he said, I saw him. Camolo entered the dormitory and said, I'm dead now, and disappeared. As they tried to persuade him that he had been dreaming, behold, Deacons Florito and Sassi, who had been assigned to assist the sick man that night, entered the dormitory. Everyone asked, how's Camolo? He's dead, they answered. At what time? Twelve minutes ago. Imagine the astonishment with which they heard these words. It had not been an illusion. Utter consternation invaded the seminary as daylight dawned and word of Camolo's death spread. However, everyone said to console each other, at this hour, Camolo is already in heaven praying for us. 
they vied to obtain some object that had belonged to him to keep as souvenirs of that beloved and revered colleague. Moved by the singular circumstances surrounding his death, the seminary rector did not want him buried at the common cemetery. He left for Turin at dawn and obtained permission from the civil and ecclesiastical authorities to bury him in the church of St. Philip attached to the seminary. Camolo appeared a second time to an entire dormitory of seminarians soon after his burial. Don Bosco narrates this incredible event. With our great friendship and confidence, Camolo and I used to talk about what could happen to us at any moment, meaning our separation in case of death. One day, recalling what we had read in some lives of the saints, between coyness and seriousness, we said it would be a great consolation if the one first called to eternity brought news of his state to the other. After talking about the matter several times, we promised to pray for each other so the first one to die would bring tidings of his salvation to his surviving friend. I did not gauge the full import of such a promise, and I confess much levity was involved. I would never advise others to make it, but the two of us always took it seriously as a sacred promise to keep. We confirmed it several times, and especially during Camolo's last illness, always on condition that God allowed it and that it was pleasing to him. Camolo's last words and gaze assured me that he would fulfill our covenant. Some colleagues were informed of this agreement and were anxious to see if it would really happen. I was most worried about it because I hoped to have some solace in my desolation. The night of April 3rd to the 4th, following the day of his burial, I was resting with 20 students of the theological course in the dormitory that opens into the south courtyard. I was in bed, but not asleep, thinking about the promise. I was in the grip of a fearful emotion, almost foreseeing what was to come. At the stroke of midnight, I heard at the bottom of the hall a gloomy noise that became louder and more somber as it approached. It sounded like a cart pulled by many horses or a railroad train, almost like a cannon firing. As the noise approached the dormitory door, it rattled walls in the corridor floor as if they were iron plates shaken by a most potent arm. One could not measure the dwindling distance between it and us. It was like a steam engine leaving, and it was sometimes impossible to know where it is in its course amid the smoke it spread through the air. All seminarians in the dormitory woke up, but no one spoke. I was petrified with fear. The noise advanced closer to the dormitory and became more and more frightening. The door opened by itself and the din continued more intensely. Nothing is seen except for a passive multicolored light that seems to regulate that sound. At a particular moment, there's a sudden silence. The light shines brighter and Camolo's voice distinctly resounds saying three times in a row, Bosco, Bosco, Bosco. I am saved. At that moment, the dormitory became even brighter. The noise started again, far more violently, almost like a clap of thunder about to sink the house. But it soon ceased, and the light disappeared. Leaping from their beds, the seminarians fled. Some gathered in a dormitory corner to try to cheer each other up. 
Others clustered around the dormitory prefect, Father Florito. And so, they spent the night anxiously waiting for the relief of daylight. All had heard the noise. Several heard the voice without understanding its meaning. They asked each other what that noise and voice meant. Sitting on my cot, I told them to calm down because I had distinctly heard the words, I am saved. I suffered greatly. Such was my fright that I would have preferred to die in that instant. In my memory, it was the first time that I was afraid. That gave rise to an illness that brought me to the brink of the grave and left me in such bad health that I would only recover many years later. God is almighty. God is merciful. He mostly ignores such covenants. Sometimes, however, in his infinite mercy, he allows them to be fulfilled, as in the above case. I would never advise others to make such a pact, because when natural things connect with the supernatural, poor humanity suffers grievously, especially in things unnecessary for our eternal salvation. Let us be certain of the existence of the soul without seeking other proof. All we need is what our Lord Jesus Christ revealed to us. I think it's worthwhile to note that very few people receive these types of visions. God had a reason for subjecting John Bosco to such a terrifying experience when he was a young seminarian. It was violent and purgative for his soul and indicative of his great mission as a saint who fought against the enemies of the Catholic Church. All of the events surrounding John Bosco's life underscore his prophetic vocation. If you'd like to hear about how God protected him from evil anti-Catholic assassins, please click on the video above me here. Thank you all so much for watching, and Godspeed.